Hello, welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I'm Ryan here with Jeremy. Sorry about the delay in episodes. We were both busy and shit and had things going on. And you know, I had the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of doing a bunch of things. So, But today we have a kind of unorthodox, weird episode as far as the genres go. Um, I know in the end of the last episode, we said that we were going to do uh, three verses. I yeah. I think I left that in there when I edited it. I don't remember. But either way, I think we said we were going to do three, but we cut it down to two just for the sake of we were going to do the Beastie Boys, but we couldn't really. I don't know. They were They're too. Good. They were too similar and they were good. And that's kind of the case with one of the artists that we're doing as well. But we're going to see how it works out. So. The albums that were, or well, I should say the artists that we're going through are The Cure and Carcass, which are in no way, shape, or form similar, really, I think. Except for they're from England. Oh, well, see, there's there a similarity. Go. That's I about it, <laughs> But the albums uh, from Carcass would be Symphonies of Sickness and Heartwork, and we're kind of going to try to convince one another amongst me and Jeremy why we think one is better than the other. We don't usually disagree on very many things when it comes to music, uh, and I don't even know if we necessarily disagree on this, but it's like the closest we can come to uh, an argument, I guess. Yeah, or a friendly debate. Right. But Carcass, I mean, I don't... Symphonies is cool. Heart, so Symphonies is Jeremy's favorite, artwork is my favorite, and... They're two very different albums, if you're familiar with them at all or not. I'm not sure. But Symphonies came out first. Heartwork came out shortly after. And Symphonies kind of has more of a grindcore sound and more blast beats, more just extreme metal, I guess, is the way I would put it. And Heartwork seems to have more of like a melodic style sound or technical playing and just more to it that does it for me i suppose than what symphonies does and we're going to get into why that is and then for the cure we are doing head on the door versus 17 seconds head on the door being jeremy's favorite album 17 seconds being mine 17 seconds would have been the first album head on the door being the later of the two 17 seconds is kind of more of a if you're more familiar with the cure you know that they have like their very first album was kind of poppy, punky at the same time, and they were trying to kind of figure out their sound after that. And then the three albums that followed were very gothic-y. There was a lot of keys and stuff like that in there to where it created this really cool ambient sound to it, I guess is the way I would put it. In 17 seconds? Yeah, well, yeah. not just 17 seconds, that but, but the, the three that followed. So 17 seconds, Faith, and Pornography. Well, Boys Don't Cry. Boys Don't Cry would have been the first that I was saying was kind of pop-punky. Well, I guess pop-punky isn't really the word for it, but it was more like madness and television and stuff like that than it was... God, you know, I know it wasn't very synth-driven, right. like how 17 seconds and yeah, the rest were. Right. It's very guitar-driven. And then it... They kind of developed that gothic sound following that. And I don't remember, I know they have um, a certain bassist for the three goth albums, and I don't remember if he was on Three Imaginary Boys or not. Oh, you're talking about um, Simon. Yeah. Yeah. I 
can't remember his last name. It starts with Gallop. a G. Yeah, Gallup, I want to say. Yeah. Something like that. No. But, so after they followed those three goth albums, they kind of started going a more pop goth sound. <laughs> I don't, you know, there's not really a category to describe that, I guess. And they went pretty pop down at the road after that, but they had those few albums that were a good blend of the two. Well, I know that, okay, Simon left the band after Faith, I think. And then Lowell, the drummer and keyboardist, was like all strung out. So he basically got demoted to, you, you're not allowed to drum anymore because you can't. He got put on desk duty. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then they put out the walk, the top, which are, eh, you know. And I then, always thought the top was a greatest hits album for the longest time because of the cover. It just it looks, looks like, like a greatest it, it hits does. album. You're and right. the top, I thought <clears throat> it was like the top hits or whatever. Oh, so I honestly I never really got into that album just no, because of that. It's not, and even I that did great. hear like a handful of songs and was like, eh. yeah, it's uh, on the list, bottom of the list as far as Cure albums go. Yeah, for sure. But then Simon came back for the Head on the Door. Yep. And apparently that is the first fully written and composed album by Robert Smith. I think he probably did the top two, but apparent, but that's not how it's remembered, I guess, or how it's written down so i thought that was kind of cool and that gives you more of a of that like poppy writing coming through more so in the head on the door than 17 seconds i think 17 seconds is way more depressing oh for sure but (laughs) they have but it's awesome it's the same lineup though yeah okay so that makes it a cool debate because i'm not 100 percent sure on carcass i believe it's the same lineup from symphonies to heartwork but they may have switched a guitar player here, there, or somebody something. left and came back on the carcass deal. I think that's. I think that's almost. This, that's probably another similarity that we just kind of caught. Didn't really think about until yeah, we started talking about it. Member swapping. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I don't know. Let's get into carcass first, and then we'll save the best for last, or at least my favorite for last. I'm. I'm with you on that. Now, so, I love symphonies because of the blast beats and the dirtiness of the production i will say at times though it's hard to hear the vocals because they're and the guitar at certain parts because it's burying the mix but that's kind of part of the appeal to me it is a very it's muddy dirty muddy grindy album and there are like a handful of songs on that album that the vocal style i'm trying to find the name of the song right now embryonic necropsy and devourment that song where he's got like that animal sounding like i don't know how to i can't do it or mimic it and i ain't gonna embarrass myself right yeah i almost did and i'm like i don't want to try it (laughs) but you know what i'm talking about and if anybody's interested go listen to the song you can hear what i'm talking about that vocal style is what pushes the album away from me okay musically it's cool but it kind of gets repetitive and boring through the whole thing because you can't really pick out a song versus another song and have them sound too much different than the other one, which you could say about a lot of metal shit. But if I like, I listened to this, I don't know, a handful of times leading up to this, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was no standout tracks to me. Like, I've heard this album prior to, obviously, and I just didn't really dig far into it because I just didn't care for the vocal style. But there was no 
nothing that like immediately stood out to me versus where heart work there's numerous songs where like just the intro guitar lick stands out to you as the song in general and you can pick that out of a lineup versus the rest of the songs now i think that the fucking guitar tones and riffs on the entire symphony album is fucking amazing and underrated the tone's very very dirty yeah fuzzy if you just like pick out the guitar as you're listening it's so it's what came out in what 89 it's so far ahead of its time yeah 89 but you have to be a um like i said though because of the muddy recording you kind of have to be a um educated listener i guess like you have to really pay attention almost close your eyes to get that guitar and it's kind of one of those things that if you weren't a fan of that band from that album like i heard swan song first by carcass i want to say Maybe it was hard work, but one of the two albums I heard first. And then I went back and I listened to Reek, which I really don't like. Right, because it's just it's just horrible. Yeah. yeah. And then Symphonies got better and it kinda you can hear the underlying tones of what they're doing on hard work and symphonies, but I feel like they didn't bring in the technical guitar playing and the lead riffs and stuff that they had on hard work. Or they didn't bring it in on symphonies like they did on hard work. But they did have the rhythm tone down and the underlying sound that you know is carcass. And, and you I, could hear the vocals developing into that a little bit also at certain points. Yeah. But like I said earlier, that one of the few songs that really keeps that shit from reek, I just, I don't know, didn't, it wasn't big for no, me. See, I, I, I like it because it has more of a hardcore punk sound to it i think more so than heart work and that's only because of that's where i come from musically and i can see that because heart work's definitely a lot more polished right than... and i like the groove on symphonies like it's not just all blast beats i mean it they, it's all over the place as far as the drums go yeah and i like they the, do have that little I groove like, like yeah. i said that sounds like the foundation of heart right yeah you can but then they kind of have the reek element slapped onto it also. Well, yeah, they do. And if do I didn't songs. clarify this, reek of putrefaction is their first album. That's what I'm referring to when I say reek. For anybody that doesn't know, and it, it the recording is awful. It's kind of one of it, those things where you're like, well, I have it because it's this is how they built their music, you know, kind of thing. Like you just got to hear it to hear it, and you're like, yeah, yeah. that's awful. It's kind of like how some early black metal bands, right. like Emperor's first album, doesn't sound that great. Doesn't but sound like Emperor. It's cool to hear where they built from. Exactly. So I guess that would be my argument as to why I think it's better is because of the hardcore punk sound. And that's just a bias that I have, I guess. But the riffs in that, man, I don't know. I can't get over that. And then Exhumed to Consume, the second song on that album which is because the first song is reek of purification like redid it yep so i would say like exhumed to consume would be the first newer song and i i think that's that's so it's a banger dude pumps me up every time i hear it it's all of their songs are like did they they follow this trend later into too because no not really like, they went back to it on Surgical Steel with the whole medical, medical theme right. and stuff, but I never really looked at it until now when I'm looking at the songs, how, like, all of the first couple albums' songs are 
pretty much all medical shit. Like, no joke when you. Cadaveric incubator of endoparasites slash dementia, crepitating bowel erosion. You almost need. No, you need a thesaurus or a dictionary when you're, like, reading the lyrics. I wonder if. I've never watched or Is looked into this student? to see. I wonder if any of them were ever medical students or maybe had parents or siblings or something that were medical students or if they just had an interest in surgery and they, cut, cutting okay. people open and shit. They went, they got the books from their like local li- library or whatever, the medical books to chop up mm-hmm. and their suit, you know, animal rights lover vegetarian vegan i don't even know i know they're vegetarians i don't know if they're vegans probably are now but apparently that's why they did it so they kind of did the cattle decapitation thing before cattle decapitation did they were i mean they were again ahead of their time in that sense and they were basically just trying to do it in the most extreme way that they could to like get attention basically yeah there's a um carcass i want to say four-part documentary on youtube where he, uh, the first part, I believe that's where they talk about that, about the medical journals. and. I never watched that. I'll have to check it out. Definitely. Because I am curious about that to know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just looking for a name. It would be Bill Steer. The guitar player? Yeah. He was talking about it with Jeff, the bass player. Okay. Yep. Anyway, they, that's who that, they were talking about in that documentary you can find on YouTube. I would just type in... Carcass Earache interview documentary. It'll pop right up. That's I guess that's just my argument is I like the I I like dirty metal. I like grimy sounding shit like that. Sometimes it's almost I don't want to say scarier, but there is more certain, evil sounding. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain appeal to it for sure. Right. It's almost like lo-fi black metal versus right. melodic black metal. There's a certain appeal to the lo-fi for particular reasons yep. versus the other stuff. That being and said, as soon as it gets fucking cold out, we're getting yeah, into Oh, that. yeah, dude. November's like all <laughs> black metal month. But that being said, fuck, heart work is, that's pro- honestly, like, that's considered their masterpiece. And it is an amazing fucking badass record. But for the sake of argument, I got to go with symphonies. I think that's where they really develop the sound that I know them for, at least. But I right. feel like anybody that got into the band at their early stages would after um what's the album after symphonies necrotism with a bunch of other shit in there and uh but i feel like after that album came out because that album was still kind of in the same realm of symphonies and had that sound to it and then once heartwork dropped they kind of sound almost like reinvented their reinvented yeah and I don't know if it was because Michael, the other guitar player, took lead over Bill, and Bill went to rhythm, and Michael was the one that had those riffs, because if you're familiar with Arch Enemy, which I know you are, Jeremy, yep. but he was the lead for Arch Enemy, and that was kind of their... They had all those melodic riffs and breakdowns and things like that. But he's and, like their main songwriter in yeah, Arch Enemy, and then he brought yeah. that. And I feel like... He wanted to probably do more of that, and that's why he branched off into Arch Enemy because Carcass took quite of a break for the quite a while. Yeah, they went on like people thought they broke up. Yeah, because '95 to '95 is when Swan Song came out, and then Surgical Steel dropped in 2013, and that was their only time. And then they had Torn Arteries that came out last year, also. But that's a long hiatus to have like 
that's 18 years to go on break. Most people think that you're done and over with. Yep. And they just drop Surgical Steel out of nowhere, and we're just like, hey, Carcass is back. We're dropping a fucking album, and it was great. Like, they yep. didn't sound like it wasn't no heart work, obviously, but it didn't sound. It was a Carcass album. It was a Carcass album. I and remember when that dropped, and uh, a friend of ours actually pre-ordered it and had it. Was it um, It was. And uh, I just happened to go to his house that day, and he was, I had I listened to it like three times over, and he just had it blasting in the house. Yeah. And I was shocked that it sounded that good. Yeah. After all that time, you know what I mean? Because it would be hard as a group to step back step into back it. that long and then some of the other members had different projects mm-hmm. like michael had arch enemy and other people went on to do other things when you are devoting that much time to a band 18 years that he's doing arch enemy and touring that stuff it's hard to i've never done this so i'm not i'm not speaking from experience but i would think it was hard to take that 18 year break and then be touring, writing, and making all the music for this band, and then go back to a band that you started from and still carry out that sound that you had to begin with. And make it so it's different than the previous band, in this case, Arch Enemy. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be very difficult, I'd imagine. Without trying to write the same shit, because you can tell the influence of carcass and arch enemy where the guitar playing they have that melodic style so you can it'd be hard to not mimic the one almost directly right because you're you're the only writer so it's like exactly coming from the same source you're gonna get the same shit so it'd be hard to differentiate for sure writing different things but i mean just they do it awesome listening to it start to finish i mean i can comfortably sit and listen to it and kind of dissect it and pick out pieces that I like and shit here and there. Right. Like Versus where symphonies, I can't really pick anything out, like I said. And, I mean, like, the riffs and beginnings just that draw you in on, like, Carnal Forge and Embodiment and Mortal Coil. And most of the songs start off with some crazy guitar lick that draws you into the song. Right. And then they have some cool melodic breakdown in the middle of it, and they but they keep that dirty element to it from the earlier stuff but it seems like they took that refined it polished it and then built off of that and grew as a band into what they became later on down the road i know um i can't think of the name of the track but it's fourth track on symphonies and they're like long medical terms right yeah i'm looking at it right right now what is ruptured it? in purulence. Oh, so like about three quarters of the way through that song, there's like a drum breakdown and then a build, and it's real and it's slow, and then it picks up pe- speed, picks up speeds, picks up speed, and then boom, it's into a blast beat, and then back into like a Beatles tikata tikata beat. You know, it's really yeah. it's fucking awesome, man. I think that shit's great, but it's you really gotta like you know you gotta find those things and pick them out where you're saying on heart work it hooks you right away symphonies is a you gotta i don't know it It has to grow on you for sure but you also have to have the mind to appreciate what it is right like i'm not saying it's a terrible album it's got its strengths and weaknesses and it you know it's a great record that helped them build into their career 
I'm just saying for the sake of the argument that it's not my choice of album and it's not something I sit down and listen to regularly. Right. Now, that, but yeah. That being said, it is still a great record. Right. And that's where that's why we did this, because you'd pull Heartwork and I'd pull Symphonies. Not so much It that. was hard to pick between Swan Song and Heartwork, yeah. though, because uh, they both have a lot of standout stuff, but I think I listened to Heartwork more. I... I so I just went with hard work because that's what I'm more you familiar with. Right. I own Song Song too. That's a fucking awesome record. I just sold a copy of that here yesterday. Nice. And then hard work the week before and surgical steel the really? week before that. Yeah. yeah, so look, still selling. Yeah. Every week. I don't know. People listening, you can go about and check it out yourself and I mean, if you're following our Instagram or whatever, when we post this episode, let us know what you think and give us your opinion on it. I mean, there's not that many people on there, but somebody else. Yeah, let us know what you think. You into the polished sound or the dirty sound? Or do you not like it at all? Yeah, it could just be like, fuck this It could just be not your band. Or did you not know that Carcass was what kind of started Arch Enemy? Or the entire gore grind scene. Yep. But all right, I think we covered Carcass pretty well, I so we did. let's fucking get into Mr. Robert Smith. Can I go, uh, I need to use the little boys' room before uh, the cure. Yeah, okay. Back into the cure and back from the bathroom. And a lot of other places. I don't even remember where we left off. Neither do I, but let's just do it this I way. I had to go deal with some things in the front of the store. Yeah. So our next band is the cure, as we said before. My album is... The head on the door. Mine would be 17 seconds. And we're going to argue our points. This one was a little bit harder because they're both really, really good. Yeah, we're and uh, I don't both disagree. fucking Cure fans. I don't disagree on this one. Like, I like head on the door for its own reasons, and I like 17 seconds for its own reasons. But I don't dislike one or the other versus where Carcass with Symphonies, I'm not really the biggest fan of it. So right, it was easier. That was a little easier to debate, but we'll see how this one plays out. Well, I'm kind of on the same boat as you when it comes to The Cure, because 17 Seconds is my favorite album from that The Gothic era. period. Right. Right. But like you said, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. So what? what do you, so you like both, but what about Head on the Door makes you like it a over little more. 17 it's, Seconds? Okay. It's the songwriting in general, I think, just from the, Robert Smith, like the the lyrics and the atmospheres that he brings. The songs are a lot longer lyrically, right? Like, Time wise, they're roughly same, but if you actually read the lyrics in seventeen seconds, most of it is just one bridge, chorus bridge, right? That's it, or it's just like a little fucking poem of. Yeah, yeah, where but he has it's a short, but there's very yeah, but it's very drawn out and ambient in certain spots, right? Which makes it fucking awesome. Yeah, but you know, it's the again, it's the mix, the songwriting, like on in between days, and I got. I'm sorry, it's the song titles, man. I always I had to take a picture because I'm a, like a track four, <laughs> uh, six different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. That do 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 like all that is there is a lot of cool man. It's like very put it puts you in the in the place of you know it kind of sucks you in with that shit. Yeah, 
there is definitely well this is another similarity that we're digging out yeah, as we go uh, into so there is definitely on head on the door there's they took that gothic element that they had to begin with right and then polished it and built upon it right which same as we were talking about carcass mm-hmm. with symphonies they polished and built upon that so i guess there are more similarities than we really thought but on the surface, there's it's not a whole cool. lot of fucking similarities. Right. You look at the Cure, you look at a carcass, you're like, yeah, these guys aren't. Yeah, you're no not going to go on a Cure carcass tour. Unless you were at that weird show we've we seen in Vegas. Oh, with all those random with, bands? Like, Emperor and Merciful Fate. Yeah. But like Raekwon and Ghostface Killer. Yeah, that's but so then also insanely like weird. Blood Incantation and some pop punk bands and shit there was like senses fail i don't know it seemed like a fake flyer but yeah it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was odd man but anyways if the cure and carcass did do a tour i would fucking go in a heartbeat yeah that would be sweet but anyway i think uh, like you're saying uh, on the comparison thing the head in the the head on the door is the sixth album from the cure and it seems like that's for me the perfect blend of like their pop sound that would come in the 80, later 80s, early 90s. Yeah. But then Even also. Even the album the that goth. followed Head on the Door, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Right. That started to really that, that just like have heaven. the pop sound. Right. But it still had a little gothic element to it. I know. I love that album too. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a Cure album that I completely hate. Uh, I don't care for mm. the top, but. The later stuff, like after Bloodflowers, I'm not like it's it's all right, but it's yeah, nothing, uh, it's nothing compared to the earlier. Bloodflowers would be probably where I would stop my cure intake. Yeah, actually, um, I was just listening to that the other night. Yeah, you sent a me that friend picture. of mine borrowed it nope. to me. Shout out to John. <laughs> they also used an EMU emulator two and a Yamaha RX15 drum machine. And that's in 85. 80, they recorded it 84, came out 85. There wasn't a lot of people messing with that kind of shit in a poppy way at that time. I mean, this stuff was fairly new. So that, I thought that was cool. Especially not in the way that The Cure was. It, exactly. Because there wasn't really, I guess you had like The Smiths and stuff that was kind of similar in its own way, but also it, not really. But they didn't really have a whole lot of ambient, like, keys and... The Smiths didn't. It? They're just yeah. a rock and roll band. Yeah. But they right. do have the same, I'm thinking, vocal style, kind of. Like they. Oh, they definitely same, have that same yeah, English, yeah. life sucks, dreariness to yeah, it. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Of course, I would much rather hang out with Robert Smith than Morrissey. You'd probably get in a fight with Morrissey. Yeah, it's hard to hang out with a guy that wears pearls. Yeah, yeah. and take him seriously at least doing the cure versus the smiths would have been funny for the sake of the poster artwork oh my god that would have been great yep but i don't have enough to say about the smiths really i like them but i don't have enough to but anyway we're getting off topic where were we at the cure head on the door head in the door um the song push i love that song that's the song that builds up yeah it just builds and it there's very little lyrics to it, but I wish we could um, play snippets for people. I know, I, I, but I don't feel like getting hit for copyright or something on Apple Music or any of the services that we use. But it would be cool for the sake of we uh, want to show you this part or whatever. Well, you're gonna have to just go out and buy the album. Yeah, 
and listen to it. But it's the it cures, just builds and builds and builds, and the guitar riffs like super catchy. Yeah, and the the vocals are really like they're set off in a distance and very echoey. It's just it 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 puts you in a place, man. It's cool. It's an enjoyable um, ride. I think that that song could have been on seventeen seconds. Yeah, I. Yeah, it, it definitely keeps it has that, sound. that. It has that sound definitely, and it's kind of short lyrically. It's short. Yep. I mean, the length of the song is four minutes thirty-one seconds, which is actually the second longest song on the album. But but it doesn't lyrically. There's only like a couple of verses, yep. and it's mostly just the sound of it and the build of the guitar and everything that's on it. Yeah, the uh, go go go, push it away. Yep. Yeah, that album's only. 37 minutes 46 seconds long yeah it's pretty short but 10 songs it's for 17 seconds there's not a bad song on it 12 songs 17 seconds is like my rainy day album right anytime it's raining out uh it's a sunday i'm like cleaning my house or doing whatever messing around that album with the rain on i don't know it like it's almost like he wrote it while it was raining out or something. Oh, it definitely um, gives you because that. Because it just the way that he makes a lot of the keys sound sounds kind of like raindrops in a way. And I mean not directly like the raindrop, but it comp- the sound complements each other really nicely if you were to listen to it on a rainy day. Totally agree. It's like listening to black metal in the winter. Exactly. Um, it's hard to listen to black metal in the summer. Yeah, when it's sunny and happy. I still do though. Yeah, me too. But, but it seems no. to the mood, I'm it kicking seems shit. to like the mood the set cure. the mood better when it's cold out yep. for that. The Smiths. Um, I hate to bring that up again, but I um love the Smiths, and uh, they'll do that too. I mean, I think they sound sound better when it's raining or when it's shitty outside. Yeah. Yeah, the Cure's like that too, definitely. I really like a forest and M and. A like Forest in your is house. a great, great fucking song. They all have that start off slow with the kind of build into, but it's just such a, I mean, it is a very, very depressing album. Like, it's so mellow and monotone. Not, I mean, Robert Smith's voice isn't monotone, but the feel that you get from it is just very bleh. But, well, at, the yeah, same, but, but at the same time, it's amazing. yeah, when you're listening to it, it's like, tickling your eardrums in all different types of ways and shit so it's it's very depressing but very happy at the same time and that was the cool thing about the cure is how they could kind of intertwine those two things because even in their later pop days like when they did friday i'm in love it's a very pop song but it's also pretty fucking depressing too Considering he's, he's only in love basically one day saying, of the week. Yeah, and he's only happy on Fridays and the rest of the days don't cut it. I mean, it still has its downing, depressing feel and undertone to it, but laid out in this pop fashion that became this huge, huge song. I think that's like their biggest song yeah, other than maybe Love Song from Disintegration. No, I, Friday is their biggest one. I could listen, if I had to choose between... Every Cure album, I would say 17 seconds is what I play more than any other one. But, I don't know, I've been listening to a bunch of them lately just because it's been rainy out and shit. Right. And, like, leading into this, I was already listening to it 
And then I've been borrowing stuff from other people, like this guy I know has the, it's the right. same guy, John, has the Wish and all this other later pressings that I don't have. Right, yeah, I don't get. have the Wish. That's one that I, and blood flowers. I do need. And I don't have Blood Flower, the 90s stuff. Yeah, um, yeah I had so what Kiss the, Me, Kiss Me Forever. I know that album. But then once I heard The Head on the Door, it just has, like, it has that, it's it's more catchy to me in the in the way that I like the like the, the emulators and the drum machines and the yep. the weird sounds like Ryan was saying it tickles your eardrums you know it does and it and it makes you want to listen again and again and you always kind of hear something a little different you know they find these weird little nuances in there especially versus like a night like this depending on what shit depending on what you're listening to it on. Like, I've heard streaming The Cure sounds different than playing a CD versus playing the record. Like, there's all these different... Because Robert Smith had his own remasters down the road. Okay. And there's all these different recordings and masters of these albums. And I haven't really heard any that sound bad, but I know that there is some that sound bad because I've read about them. And it's like particularly the stuff that Robert Smith only did by himself. He didn't have a hand or oh, an extra hand re- in the mastering. That he mastered by himself yeah. sounds like shit. Yeah, from what I've been told and from what I've read, I haven't had any of the actual copies that only he did. There's always him plus somebody else. Okay. But they sound very muddy from what I've understood. Like, even if you look on Discogs and go into that stuff, it says that he just kind of took the life out of him, I guess. That's... Which sucks, because that's, like, the cool thing about The Cure, like I said, is how they balance both yeah, exactly, of those worlds man. of depressing shit, but also make... It's hard to make depressing shit sound happy and fun, but they did it. Like Right. It, it, they, I mean, I think, like, bands like Blink-182 and Alkaline Trio and shit owe a lot to The Cure because they took that formula of making depressing and sad sound happy and fun. Right. And I think The Cure really paved the road for a lot of that. Yeah, depressing lyrics with quote-unquote happy-sounding music. It'd be like if you were singing how you wanted to kill yourself but over a piano. Right. You're like, man, this guy's got some issues, but damn, that sounds good, and it makes you want to dance and shit at the same time. I also, speaking of that, wanted to say that if you're going through a rough breakup, you're really depressed, for real, probably do not want to listen to The Cure (laughs) 17 Seconds. Yeah. It might put you in a worse mood. It it is downing. Speaking from experience, yeah, it is downing if you listen to it in that mood. But if you listen into it in a good mood, it has a totally different effect. Exactly. But that's what's cool about music in general is like yeah, the feelings you can can listen to it on this day and get this type of feeling, and this day and get this type of feeling, or you interpret it this way or that way based on your mood. Okay, dude. Nothing else in the world, I think, really does that. No, it doesn't. I mean, it has a lot of a lot of power, man. Yeah. There's a lot of power over your mind that you may not be aware of. So what led you into The Cure originally? Okay, this is uh, when we did the episode about bands that influenced us. Yep, musical impacts. Yep. Well, when I was a kid, little kid, 
four, five, six years old, I remembered I would take a bath, you know, and my mom would put me in the uh, bathroom, close the door, turn the radio on. Set the was, radio on the bathtub? I wish she would have sometimes, <laughs> but no, it was above the toilet. And uh, I would have been, it would have been 89, 90, 91. And so Friday I'm in Love was like huge. Yep. And they just kept playing on um, our local pop station. And then because of that, of course, they would play a love song, Just Like Heaven, um, the, the super, like, radio-friendly pictures, one. pictures, of, pictures you. of you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just fell in love with it. From, like, that point on, I mean, I've, I've um, always listened to The Cure. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm into the, like, electronic-type music that I really dig. Yeah. And the... Even black metal, it all kind of, like, that moody shit came from me listening to The Cure as a kid in the bathtub, I think. I mean, that's kind of where I rooted it. So, as I started collecting records, when I only had, you know, a handful, maybe 20, I had Kiss Me, Kiss Me. So, I listened to, you know, I it's ruined almost. I listened to it so much. And then, once I heard The Head in the Door, it, it, to that one, it just blew me out of the water that it was that that good you know and then of course boys don't cry i really care i liked but it's more that's definitely more of a guitar poppy punk sounding album i guess punk not not poppy punk but no but i i 100 percent know what you mean right like that british era of right punk like uh right after the pistols and stuff yeah yeah anyway that but that's how i that's how i got into the gear what's your story (laughs) <laughs> Mine is funny. So, I, as a kid, I always, like, absorbed any type of musical knowledge that I could. Like, if there were movies that dropped band names or right. soundtracks had this on it or whatever, I'd be writing that stuff down and going to the computer, reading, downloading, checking out what their music's like, finding everything I could because it, like, it was like food. You can see yeah, it. Like, yeah, you yeah. just wanted more and more and more, and I still do that to where I'm always looking for shit. But... You're trying to get that feeling of a kid. Yeah. I do the same shit. So the wedding singer, when there's that part where he's like singing that song about how he wants to die and shit and his girlfriend just broke up with him. And at the end, he's like, I'm sorry, I was listening to a lot of Cure when I wrote that. Yeah, yeah. So you're like that one. It was hilarious, but I didn't quite get the joke until you go into the Cure and listen to how like all the depressing right. shit that goes on and in you're there. Like, oh. And you're like, oh, okay, I see the joke. But I remember writing down The Cure, like, oh, who's The Cure? And so, and I'd probably seen them on like VH1 or MTV or something like the sort before that. But where I first remember actually digging into them was that. And I want to say Pictures of You and Love Song was probably the first two songs. Right. I, I can't remember for certain, but... That kind of drew me into it, and then just going back and looking into the early stuff, I found 17 Seconds and Faith and Pornography and et cetera. And then the whole Adam and Sandler then, thing makes a whole hell of yeah, a lot and then more it get, sense. You, you realize what he meant and how funny the joke actually was right. in that. But that, I mean, that's, from what I remember, that's how I got into The Cure. I can't remember anything earlier than that that really... Maybe I heard Friday and I'm in love pretty, on the radio that's a or something. That's organic but... way to do it. I mean, I've discovered a, a lot of um, music through movies like that, you know? It sucks how... I mean, The Cure obviously wasn't in the movie, but a lot of movies in that era, and even some Adam Sandler's movies, like they, 
nobody puts bands in movies anymore. Like when Wayne's World had uh, Aerosmith or, or was it Aerosmith or Van Halen? Aerosmith. It was Aerosmith. And and then Ace Ventura and Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, Ace Ventura and Cannibal Corpse, and then like. Airheads had their mock of whatever, you know, what the hell is the name of their band? The Lone Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure it was like an interpretation of some band that I'm not sure what it was. But uh, all these, you know, band, like Black Sheep, like they had Mud Honey in there. Oh, like, that's right. Um, that's right. So, yeah, they don't actual put that shit in the film, like yeah. even if they're in the background. Exactly. You never see that anymore. That's like true. you watch a movie now, it's everything's really dramatic and drawn out it seems like they have to paint this whole big story of all this dramatized bullshit to keep extending the episodes yeah, whereas like think movies back like, then like if they kind of even if they remotely revolved around a guy that liked music yeah they throw they'd something threw in something there. some little fucking stint in there like airheads had all those obituary stickers yep. and uh, Morgoth and Morbid Angel and Celtic Frost stickers on the van that they were in and yeah, they, that, like they the Ace Ventura and Cannibal Corpse yeah. thing you were saying, like that helped Cannibal Corpse blow up. That's how I and heard it was of Cannibal funny Corpse. as fuck. Yeah. Like when he starts dancing and yep. doing the fucking like yep. the little thing. And sing. It's um that's how I heard about Cannibal Corpse. You know, I mean, I'm sure that's how a lot of people did. Like, have you, you ever seen that thing where he does? The impression of Napalm Death on some talk show. No. Oh, is it sick? It's hilarious. I'll check I'll it show out. it to you when we're done here. But anyways, we're getting off the topic of the cure. I think, what the hell led to that? Oh, because of that wedding singer. Wedding singer, yes. But yeah, that's what led me to the cure as far as I can remember. That's and cool. I don't know. It's just one been one of those bands that I've been able to listen to really no matter what mood. I mean, sometimes like you're in a bubbly, happy mood. Put on the cure. Sometimes you're in a depressive, angry, I don't want to talk to people mood. Put on, the, put cure. on the cure. Like, yep. uh, it's a sunny day out, you put it on. It's a rainy day out, you put it on. It's a, it's a universal. Not every artist can do that to where no, you can no. listen to everything at the same time. Like, you, I can't drive to jazz. I listen to it all the time. Cannot drive to it, though. I don't know why. I know why. You can't pay attention to the road when you're trying to pay attention to Coltrane. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I straight up. Be, yeah. Like, or think about, like, you're listening to Art Blakey. It's like, I want to hear those fills, not, I don't want to, the Buick in front of me. I don't give a shit, man. Whatever. I don't care about fuck green lights. And then pretty <laughs> soon you're in an accident. Yeah. No, I think that's why. Because I can't do it either. You it's know? just not driving music. No. I don't know. You're right. But the cure, I could drive to that all the time. I, you know, I did this morning. On my way here, I drove to the cure. Yeah, this I and drove. And then also Young MC. I went from 17 seconds to bust a move. I went from carcass to no no warning, but that's, you know. Pretty. <laughs> so, um, along with carcass, the cure, let us know what you think. I mean, if you're on our Instagram, comment. Tell us your opinions on the cure, your favorite album, whether you like them, whether you don't like them, whatever. Um, I know some people can't get past the... Robert Smith's voice of it's not whiny but it's like high pitched and kind of oh only Robert there's Smith no, sounds like Robert Smith yeah, that's yeah. for sure there's no grit to it whatsoever like it's a very I don't, I don't even know the feminine word. I don't even want to say feminine I don't want to say that either but you're right there's no um grunt to it yeah you're not going to get like a husky an Otis Redding sound no. or like <laughs> a I mean obviously no but I know like, but 
I just um, in my head it's funny. I feel like that's a lot of people's hang up with the Cure, or that it's too fucking depressing for because some people just can't listen to that. And like it might, I don't know if it maybe affects their whole mood or if they're just like, I don't feel that way. I can't listen to that or whatever. Not saying that shit. you have to be depressed to listen to it, but no, and yeah, don't be depressed and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, goes for yeah. uh, the Smiths, Joy Division, a few other bands. You probably shouldn't do that too. Yeah, New Order, New at or, least yeah, early New, on. Yeah, well, and yeah, like when they were just wrapping up the Joy Division shit. That's yeah. super depressing, but super awesome. And there we go. So, yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, like we said in the beginning, this was kind of weird for us to lay out. We didn't really know how to go about it initially, but just we're like, fuck it, we'll press record and talk about the albums and give our opinions on them and what we like and dislike and why one's better versus the other one. But I think we just pretty much did reviews of them because we yeah. both love them. So. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I'm not going to try to change your mind on which one, because your mind's already made up, so you're going to... Exactly. But, I mean, for the sake of the people listening and our conversation, just to have the the debate between the two. I don't know, maybe we'll do more of these moving on down the road with other artists and stuff. Uh, you know, it was fun to do. I didn't, it didn't seem like we had too hard of a time filling up the conversation. No, not at all. All right. You got anything else you want to add? Just want to thank everybody for listening. And um, if there's something you want to hear about, um, hit us up on our Instagram and see. Maybe yeah, we can actually, yeah. That, I never know. thought about that. If there's content that people are looking to be covered, let us know. Let us know if you want to hear. Um, like I know Columbia Records signed that virtual rapper, and I thought that would be kind of a cool conversation, but I don't really know enough about it yet to have the conversation. But that would be... I, I just looked into that the other day yeah. with you, too. But yeah. I agree, that is definitely some shit to look into. But yeah, if people have things they'd like to hear, bands they'd like to hear us discuss, or things about the record industry, or records in general, media in general, whatever, like, don't feel like you can't hit us up for, uh, you know, me directly on Instagram or the Noise Avocation Instagram in general. And drop a suggestion or something and if it's something that we feel like we can fill up a conversation with we'll do it definitely all right that's all we have for today and we will be back next week with some more shit for you peace